0: We're in John chapter 1, the Gospel of John, and we have come over to the New Testament here of late, and we continue in our study of John the Apostle's Gospel of John. And this morning we'll be looking at John the Apostle as he describes John the Baptist. John the Baptist, in uh, verses 14 through 18 of chapter 1, speaks of Jesus taking on flesh and dwelling among us. Here we have the only begotten Son of God the Father, and it says of Jesus that he's full of grace and full of truth. And John, he will... He will set the record straight, John the Baptist, that is, about Jesus, how he came after him, was in existence before John, and he's the eternal God. Now, we have in the Old Testament, we have the the Mosaic law given by Moses, but we have grace and truth coming through Jesus. And we have Jesus declaring who the Father is. And this was one of Jesus' main responsibility is to declare to us who God the Father is. and Jesus says, "I know him, for I dwell in Him. And so as we gaze upon, as we look, and try to comprehend the closeness of Jesus to God the Father we begin to see Jesus showing us God the Father and Jesus declares God the Father and John the Baptist declares Jesus so let's pick it up in John chapter 1 verse 19 through 28 now this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed, and he did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. And then they said to him, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now those who were sent from the Pharisees, and they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you're not the Christ, if you're not Elijah, nor the prophet? And John answered them, saying, I baptize with water. But there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he coming after me that is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to lose. These things were done in Bethabara, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. We have the ruling religious leaders sending priests and Levites down to Bethabara, where John is baptizing, and they have this question for John. Who are you? Because John is beginning to draw crowds to himself, and the the religious leaders want to know who John claims to be. John, by uh, the birth of who he is, both of his parents were of the tribe of Levi. John should have, or could have become a priest, according to the uh, being born a Levite. The Jews, they send down other priests and Levites of the Sanhedrin, the ruling 70 of Israel, and these priests and Levites want to know Who John claims to be, for his message is revolutionary. Now, if John were to put out a resume, he would set out his qualifications. I could have been a priest, I should be a prophet, I had a miraculous birth. He was born of Elizabeth and Zacharias in their old age. He said, I am prophesied about in the book of Isaiah and the book of Malachi. They prophesied about me. And he says, but I'm not any of those things. I'm the forerunner of Jesus the Christ. This could have been John's answer to the priest and Levites, But John... He has uh, a single ministry, and that is to proclaim the Christ. And he's not to draw attention to himself. Being in the ministry myself, I grow so weary of pastors or TV preachers or anybody else that draws attention to themselves. Oh, that we would point to Jesus the Christ. And John says, hey, my confession is, I am not the Christ. And then they say, okay, John, who are you then? Are you Elijah? Nope. And Elijah, by the way, was perhaps the most popular prophet in Israel's history. And then they ask him, are you the Singular prophet, the prophet that is like unto Moses. Will you be a deliverer like Moses? And he goes, nope. Then who are you, John? And John quotes Isaiah 40, verse 3. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. I am to make straight the way of the Lord. What a simple message. If only the Christian world would simply be a voice pointing people to Jesus. We live, we function in a world, in an atmosphere where there's unbelievers with questions all around us. And you've got to have a little bit of a sensitive ear to pick up on what they're asking. They're asking about life many times. Should I live where I live? Is this the right place for me to live? Should I seek another career or vocation? Should I continue my education? And these numerous questions of those around us should prompt us as believers to give directions where To Jesus. We should simply say, You need Jesus in your life. He'll give you meaning. We are not, quote unquote, prophets like Elijah, but we can be a voice of reason and direction for those who have questions around us. So we should be sensitive to people's questions. Many are seeking God's direction and purpose for life without even realizing it. But the priest and the Levites, sent by the Sanhedrin, they want to know why, John, if you're not the prophet, why are you baptizing? Now, baptism was a ceremony that was reserved for Gentiles who wanted to come into the Jewish faith. They wanted to convert to Judaism, and they would be baptized. But here we have John. And he's out by the Jordan River, and he's baptizing Jews. And John's baptizing, it sends ripples All the way to Jerusalem to the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin want to know what is this guy out in the wilderness doing baptizing Jews. So John, why are you baptizing? If you're not the Christ. If you're not Messiah. If you're not Elijah. If you're not the prophet. And John says, hey, wait a minute. I only baptize with water. And John kind of leaves it there, and then he turns his comments towards Jesus. There's one among you whom you do not know. And this one among you coming after me is preferred before me. And he says, and by the way, I'm not even worthy to be his most humble servant. I'm not even worthy to untie, unloosen his sandals. And then we have John, uh, further explained by John, the apostle, in verses 29 through 34. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. John answers why he baptizes with water. And the reason he does, he says, the one that sent me, God himself, commanded me to baptize. That's why I baptize. And then we have John, the very next day, he states, uh, what we have written in our church bulletin. You have a church bulletin? You get one of these when you come in? Mm -hmm. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You see that each and every week or month here. So they wrote that for our bulletin. No. (laughs) Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What a statement. In the Old Testament, Abraham is going up to the mountain to sacrifice his son, Isaac. And Isaac notices something. And he says, hey, Dad, we got the wood, we got the fire, but where is the lamb? The Old Testament has a theme, and they ask Where is the lamb, the ultimate sacrifice for our sins? John, true to his calling, he says, behold the sacrifice. Behold the lamb, the lamb of God. The New Testament closes in Revelation 5, and there's 10,000 angels declaring Worthy is the lamb, Jesus, God's lamb who takes away the sin, sin being singular, meaning the whole uh, gambit of sin, all inclusives of all sins. Jesus, as the lamb of God, removes or he makes available to us by act of our will and believing, the removing of our sins. Jesus is the offering for all sins. When Jesus went to the cross, his crucifixion on the cross changed the entire religious system of the world, especially for the believing Jew and so forth. And he changed the entire uh, landscape. He is the son of God. He is the lamb of sacrifice. Now, the proof of Jesus being the lamb, the one who took away our sins, is the resurrection. He rose from the dead to prove that he conquered sin and death. So in verse 30, we have John speaks of the eternal Christ, how Jesus will come after him, but Jesus is preferred before him because Jesus was in existence before John. And we have the Bethlehem babe, the Christmas story, is when Jesus come on and took on flesh like a human being. John then tells why he baptizes with water. He says it's a washing, it's a dedication, a preparing of Israel for their Messiah. In John he he says, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove, a visible manifestation of the Holy Spirit lighting upon Jesus and remaining upon him. It wasn't just a touchdown. It came and lit upon him and stayed on him. And John says, this is a sign to all men of who Jesus is. Jesus, who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. To baptize means to submerse Into, And in the case of uh, a water baptized baptism, you are submersed into water. But Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And he submerses us into the Holy Spirit. And this is what Jesus said of the Holy Spirit. It's just like me. Jesus submerses us into himself. Verse 34, John has testified that Jesus is the Son of God. And up until this time, this time of baptism by Jesus, Jesus had done absolutely no miracles. He has lived in obscurity, awaiting his day to minister. And the descending dove... a symbol of Calvary chapels. We take on the dove as our logo, you might say, signifies Jesus' entering into his ministry. This Holy Spirit, like a dove, not actual dove, but like a dove, descended upon Jesus, lit upon Jesus, And remained upon him. And it was a sign for John. It was a sign for John that this is the Messiah. This is the Son of God. Now, John the Baptist, he has been faithful to announce Jesus. He's been faithful to baptize in obedience to God's word sent to him to baptize. And John testifies by the word of Jesus. And Jesus said of John, not one born of woman is greater than John. And what did John do? He declared Jesus. John did not have a ministry of miracles. There's no miracles recorded that John did. John had one specific duty or ministry. Announce and declare Jesus the Christ. And in verses 15 through 27, the same declaration by John. He who comes after me is preferred before me. John is proclaiming Jesus as the everlasting God. Jesus was before me, and he's after me, and he's preferred before me. Jesus did not come into existence at Bethlehem. That's when he took on human flesh. That's when he became one of us and John is witness of the eternal Jesus our creator our sacrificial lamb that is revolutionary in the religious world all religions apart from christianity the people seek ways to appease to make to gain favor with their God. They have fastings. They offer animal sacrifices. They observe religious holidays. They observe prayers to call several times a day. They go on pilgrimages to their holy cities, all to try to gain favor from their God. And of Jesus, we read, he came to seek and to save the lost. God reaching out to man. And he says, he gives the Holy Spirit. John declared, he gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask. And the gift of the Holy Spirit, it empowers us to be a witness for Jesus, like John Accept the challenge of John the Baptist. Accept the challenge of Scripture. And that challenge is consider the goodness of God, the Lamb of God. Just consider it. What did you do to deserve it? Nothing. What did any of us do? Nothing. God came to give us life. Blessed be the name of our Lord. Amen. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer. Father God, I pray that we here as your people would recognize, would embrace the goodness of you that you came to remove sin from us, that we might have a relationship with you, that we might live the abundant life, that we might live a guilt-free life, a life that has fellowship with you, our Lord and our God. So, Lord, let that truth sink down into us. Let us understand that we needed A sacrifice we needed you Jesus to go to the cross to make atonement for our sins and all we have to do is believe on you what a great deal what a beautiful concept it is to simply believe on Jesus the Lamb of God thank you Lord for making the path to heaven so abundantly clear thank you for coming to save us for we need a savior we need someone to make atonement for our sins and we thank you for being that atonement Jesus so Lord I pray that none would leave here in doubt or even with questions about your goodness and your path of salvation for us So make it true to us, Lord, and cause us to believe and trust in you with our whole heart. And we pray for this and ask this in the name of Jesus. Now.